Tiki Hut Media. Pop the top on your favorite beer or whatever you drink from Tiki Hut Media. This is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, got my beer cracked open and ready for Soul Ramblings podcast. Hope you are too. We're ready to talk about faith and life over the next few minutes over a beer or three. Coming up this Sunday, this coming Sunday, the 24th, I will be filling in at Emmanuel United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida. I have been given the honor to fill in the pulpit that day for Pastor Kim, who is the senior pastor there. She and her husband are taking some time off, well-deserved time off. And so I will be filling in over there. Invite you to join us live on stream. If you can't do so in person, if you don't live around the area, you can uh, listen to us on Facebook Live. They also have a YouTube channel. And we'll have links to all of that in the show notes of this episode. Invite you to join us. I also hope you had a blessed Easter and you were able to spend that with family and friends and celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, over the Easter weekend. Today, we're talking about a doctrine of love. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. A doctrine of love. You know, we have a a doctrine of the Trinity. We have a doctrine of salvation. We have a doctrine of the Holy Spirit. There are doctrines around eschatology, creation, sin, justification, sanctification, scripture. We could go on and on and on and on. But I've never seen a doctrine of love. Is it is it just assumed? If so, how could we make such an assumption? As love is the central and defining reality of the Christian faith. It is the one thing without which would constitute utter mission failure. That scripture again, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. We all have some notion of what we think it means to love each other deeply. Surely we can be honest, though, and admit that our definition of love is far more shaped by our culture than any hardcore theological truth. It's interesting how the dictionary has four or five definitions, different definitions, for the same word, love, most of which center around human feelings. Meanwhile, the Bible has four or five completely different words for love all of which we collapse into the one already confused English word we call love. The driving conviction behind Soul Ramblings podcast since we started this 18 months ago, a year and a half ago, is the movement from being a so-called Christian to becoming the real thing, which we would call a person who is possessed by, of a profound Holy Spirit-endowed love for God and people. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers a multitude of sins. Above all, friends, above all. Wouldn't we want to make this the focus of our extreme interest and the passionate focus of the rest of our earthly lives? Scripture says, love each other deeply. And then Paul contributes large to the doctrine of love by telling us what and what not love is. It's in 1 Corinthians 13. You've probably heard this at every wedding you've ever been to. Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Even more so, a doctrine of love must tell us why. 
And our text that we've been reading through today tells us and gives us one of the whys. It says, because love covers over a multitude of sins. And that is super deep and reflective. Here's another reason from John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. Most of all, the doctrine of love must point to how. And that's why we meet here every week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, pop open a couple of beers or whatever you drink, and talk about faith and life. We want to wake up and rise from the dead. And on that doctrine of love, point to how we do that. Are our hearts waking up to a deeper longing to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, which is his love becoming power in and through us? If that's so, then we need to fan that flame. If not, we need to keep kindling. We'll be back in a minute. This episode is brought to you in part by He Gets Us, a national campaign influencing millions to think differently about Jesus. Through broadcast ads, social media videos, and digital marketing, the He Gets Us campaign is connecting with people in the middle of their daily routines. More importantly, it's introducing those who are skeptical about faith to the radical love of Jesus by intentionally focusing on how relatable his experiences were. Within a couple of months, they've had over 31 million views on YouTube, not to mention Facebook, Instagram, and broadcast networks while focusing on just 10 test markets. If any of these people had your way for answers, you can be ready by visiting hegetsuspartners.com. That's hegetsuspartners.com. Back on Soul Ramblings Podcast, wherever you're listening to us today, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, on our blog, which is soulramblingspodcast.wordpress.com, wherever you're listening, if you would click subscribe right now so you never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. And as we go along in 1 Peter, we were reading a scripture from 1 Peter 4 before the break. If we continue on into 1 Peter chapter 5, the first five verses say this, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, which also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. To your elders or to the elders among you, much has been made over the centuries of the biblical meaning of this term elder and how the church should interpret that. It mostly comes down to the leadership structure of the community and the designation of a particular role or position within that community. Some churches designate their elders as their ordained leaders. Others make the elders a type of board of governance or leadership. Whatever the case, Peter is clearly referencing some kind of leadership structure within the community, noting an official kind of entrustment of a group of people into the care of another person. And I would like to just pause here and take a moment to address the issue of elders with less specific 
theological or ecclesial application and a more broad conceptual understanding. Interestingly and ironically, in all the wrangling over who can be an elder and who cannot, one of the most obvious and and important features of the term may have been left behind. Elder actually does mean elder. It means older. Peter, who identifies himself as a fellow elder, is probably around 60 at the time of this letter. And in case you missed the memo, I will turn 56 in July. Now, I have not received any induction into elderhood because of that. So today, I'm officially welcoming myself into the elder class. (laughs) In celebration of my entry into elderhood, I'm addressing any and everyone. 55 and older into the body of Christ. Some of you are wondering where I got the number. I, to be honest, just decided it. So here's to you. Cheers, members of the elder class of saints in the church, men and women. I address you like Peter as fellow elders. I recognize I'm a mere freshman member of our class of elders. To us all, I say it is time for us to stop lamenting the present state of affairs and step fully into the calling Jesus has for us. The calling is not to take ownership, but to humbly claim responsibility. There is a role and responsibility only we can and must play in this church. This role and responsibility does not begin with our local church. This is not primarily about getting more involved, but becoming more consecrated. It begins with Jesus himself. He is our first and highest calling. This is about offering as a gift the rest of our earthly lives to Jesus and the church he is building. Local churches seem to be very confused about old people. They think we want to fold bulletins, go on museum tours, and attend seminars on aging at the church. And I almost forgot, write those checks. And it's time to stop grouping us into triaged ghettos of the progressively aging The world trends toward gathering and grouping people according to their inabilities, disabilities, and incapacities, because the kingdom of heaven is distinct from the world. The church must be categorically different. Everywhere you find the church, it will reveal the DNA of intergenerationality, unearthing a culture of spiritual parenting and grandparenting. We've got to show retirement the door. Sure, you can quit your job and even move into a retirement village, but you can't retire in the church. He's looking to promote you, not to become a busier volunteer, but to live from a shepherd anointing, if you will. After 60 or 70 years, believe it or not, you have a flock. It may not feel like a flock, but it is. You must learn to shepherd this flock with ever-increasing wisdom, love, and encouragement to wake up to the real life. And if you don't have a flock, Jesus stands ready to entrust you with one. And as we get admitted into this senior class of elder years, we are being called to a demonstration of 2 Corinthians 4.16, which says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Old is good. Older is even better. Jesus has not reversed aging. He did it one better. He reversed death. And because Jesus has reversed death, it constitutionally changes the entire concept of aging. As elders, 
It's time to step into a whole new relationship with death and dying. We have the opportunity to lead the culture in what it looks like to die well, to go out, not with a whimper, but in a blaze of glory, leaving a legacy of life and love. In this way, our passing will become awakening for so many of our peers who don't yet know God, not to mention our children and their children and their children. So come on, elders of the kingdom. You may try to dismiss me as an idealistic freshman member of the elder class. Just know I won't stop. I'm coming for you. Are you an elder? Does this encourage you or not? Are you ready for a new vision? Are you a younger person right now? How do you view becoming an elder? Will you prepare for it? We'll be right back after this short break. The law firm of Becker and Lindauer represent victims all over the state of Florida. All too often, insurance companies try to convince injured motorists, passengers, pedestrians, and other injured claimants to accept less than their case is worth. Whether it be a car crash, a trucking accident, a motorcycle wreck, a bicycle accident, or an injured pedestrian, it is imperative that you have legal representation to assist you. Becker and Lindauer are dedicated to putting their decades of legal experience to work for you. With proven results, Becker and Lindauer is ready to fight for you. With 45 years of combined experience in personal injury law, the team of Dave and Danielle are highly qualified and ready to help you. Call today for a free consultation, 941-567-6728. Again, area code 941-567-6728. Or visit Becker and Lindauer online at the website in the show notes. Get social with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to those pages are in the show notes of this episode. Go over there, like, follow us, leave a comment. And wherever you're listening, be sure to leave us a rating and review when you subscribe. We would really appreciate it. Again, next Sunday, or this coming Sunday, actually, I am preaching at Emmanuel United Methodist Church in Bradenton, Florida. I invite you to join us online. Links to those online venues are in the show notes of this episode. I'm Jerry Wicker. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today. Lots of new podcasts out there, lots of podcasts, period, out there, and new ones coming out all the time. And I know you've got a wide variety of things to choose to spend your time on listening to, and I really, really appreciate you spending your time today with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. And here is a last piece of advice before we go. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next time, drink responsibly, keep the conversation going. Grace, peace, cheers. cheers. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. You are not only saving a child's life, you're breathing life back into that family. We have phenomenal research, outstanding clinical care, and the generosity of public, which allow us to treat patients regardless of what it takes. At St. Jude, families never receive a bill for treatment, travel, housing, or food because the only thing a family should worry about is helping their child live. Because of you. Because of you. Because of you. There is St. Jude.
Donate now at stjude.org.